All right, Craig. Here we are. Back again. Back again. I don't know why I was around, but oh well. I think it's 1-1. Let me look at the wall real quick for the check mark, and yes, it is. Okay, perfect. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad we got this down to a system. Uh, I just, we're kind of on here, you know, we've been, it's been a crazy, you know, post-holiday season for us. Yeah, it hasn't. It really hasn't slowed down at all. You know, like we're, you and I were been talking pretty heavily for like the last 45 minutes before we even hit the record button about certain things to kind of plan and get ready for, believe it or not, while well, we're, we're heading to spring 2022, but the way that things roll right now, we're, uh, that stuff's already done and ordered. Now we're, we're heading into fall 2022. Yeah, it's nuts. And it's, it's so, you know, cause we, we, to kind of give people an insight, we went to a, a, um, outdoor expo, I guess. Probably the best way to say Yeah, like an outdoor retailers. Yeah, yep. expo. Um, and kind of just, you know, uh, talking to the brands that are already in the shop, uh, kind of seeing what's new, what's what's evolving. Um, always good to kind of know what they're kind of updating, you know, and just kind of keeping, keeping your finger on the pulse of that. And then just seeing what, uh, you know, as we start to add new brands, what they have to offer and really get uh, that hands-on feet wet approach to what what they have and what we could bring in the shop for customers yeah yeah well said i mean the whole idea like you said is to you know we're introducing a, a bunch of new brands into the store for for 2022 or rededicating some some space to the shop to really bring in like the gear aspect of the outfitting side of things and it was really cool for us to go down there and not only meet with the reps but then also get to see and feel and, and look at some of these things that are coming out that are new you know and it's cool because it just seems like the whole attitude is starting to shift a little bit. I wouldn't say the whole attitude. Some of the some of the attitude with some of these brands is starting to shift as far as, well, hey, we used to get everything made overseas, but we're really having some hard struggles getting that stuff back from overseas because of everything that's going on. Right. Maybe we need to look inside now, which is the United States, to figure out if we can kind of maybe bring some manufacturing back into the United States. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. It may take several years, I think, for that to transition, depending on the outcome, I think, in the next six months to a year. But it was kind of neat to think that some of these companies are trying to look inwards now instead of outwards for, for manufacturing. Yeah, I think there, there's a moment there, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I thought it was very interesting uh, to kind of talk about that, what's going to come back. And I think the main driver of that is going to be how long is there this lag, right? Before someone's like, all right, I, this is just ridiculous and I can't wait any longer. I need to make a move myself. Right. So I think it's really conditional upon what... Uh, what happens with this whole shipping crisis we're in. So what did you tell me when we left there that you're uh, getting ready to uh, purchase a, uh, a manufacturing company and start producing tent poles. Tent poles. Yeah. Cause I guess the, I found out that the world's supply of tent poles is two years behind because all the big brands have put all their stuff in. So like small brands, you know, and we say small brands, um, you know, even big brands like big Agnes and which we talked to is Mount hardware. They're like, yeah, we're getting tents, but we're not getting into the quantity that we would have requested for the, for the need like for the, yeah. yeah. Supply versus demand. Yeah. Um, the demand is so high and they're getting such a small supply, which I think I had kind of relayed that to my, my, you know, inner circle. I was like, man, this is one of the things that I learned from that expo was like, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, that, that being out there, like they're two years before they're going to get like a, a wide swath of tent poles in, um, to me that, cause there's just one person who doesn't, right. Man, I want to be the second. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. And that's just, and that's the whole, I mean, you think about the outdoor industry in itself, right. And how many people camp, um, and like you said, all the different brands that provide that kind of, uh, equipment yeah. and one manufacturing in the world, makes those poles for all the different brands. That's just crazy to think about that. Right. I mean, we talk about that with anything. Like right. if, I mean, I think they say there's like one type of banana, right? You know, there's like one, you know, variety of banana. And if one thing went through, you know, something goes through with enough force, something like that, that can totally affect the whole market or the whole like prospect of bananas or something like that. Yeah. You know, it, it's just when you're so diversity is a thing, right? And diversity allows you to adapt and absorb big changes and in this case it, it uh, that that ability to be diverse allows you to adapt to big market changes right so 
Yeah, it was cool. It was a really cool experience. I'm totally glad that you got to come with me. Obviously, you're a big part of uh, helping us uh, go forward here at Fall Line. And then uh, with Burfer as well, we kind of discussed Burfer and some of the things that we're working on. It's a little bit different. That's a little bit of a different company than yeah. kind of what we're doing with Fall Line. But, you know, I think the really cool, a couple of really cool things that I pulled out of there and, and please uh, uh, add, add some of your yeah. observations as well. But like what was once, which, what, what, what was once old is now new again. Yep. One of the big things that I think that we saw far as material goals, wool is making a very, very strong comeback yeah. in the outdoor industry. Um, you know, obviously all the properties that wool provides, it, it obviously worked really, really well back in the day. And then we kind of introduced some of these new fibers and different materials, more lightweight. Wool, wool, I mean, as we know, if you're big into the outdoor scene, wool doesn't necessarily give you some of that lightweight Right. It can, it can, mm-hmm. but wool is going to be more heavy, a little more dense, but obviously nobody ever questions the, the warmth that it provides for you. Right. But we're starting to see some of the things that maybe our, our grandparents or great grandparents wore back in the day. It's starting to become new again uh, to the, to, to the scene. And uh, that nostalgic um, styling mm-hmm. is really starting to come back. I, I don't know if you noticed that or not when we kind of went to yeah, yep. some of the different brands that we, uh, that we looked at. Yeah. I think in just in general, natural fibers, like, yeah, I think there's there. a huge, we met a company who makes their clothing out of bamboo and that right. was, that was really cool. Cause it was just, I think it was probably the softest thing I've ever felt in my entire life. Holy was soft. It was so cool. Um, but just understanding that there's just plastic derivative things, you know, or like, you know, are so in synthetics and stuff like that are so perverse and they had huge benefit. Right. But it's so interesting that, you know, there's just, there's a resurgence, like you said, of, right. of natural things well, and, and, what was and the, old patterns, and right? old patterns. And what was the cool thing? So talking about that bamboo, what, what are they, what's the growth rate of a bamboo tree? It's like, it's like three, I think he said three meters a day or Which something is like crazy. that. And I don't know if he was like that quote, but it's, it's very fast. It's very right? fast. It's, right. So that's crazy to think. So when you talk about sustainability, to put to, to use that material into those products. And like you said, that material was, I don't think I've ever touched anything softer. I agree with you, but to think that they're able, like we're kind of like, like you said, we're kind of getting away. A lot of companies are trying to do the right thing, right? We've evolved, right? We're trying to get away from like the plastics and some of these things that eventually when that piece wears out and it does mm-hmm. get tossed in the trash, we're not having that, we're not having that really bad and direct impact on the environment mm-hmm. where a lot of these things are more natural, you know, the bamboo, you know, we talk about natural fibers, like you talked about too, um, well, first off, that stuff is going to last way longer than some of the plastics and stuff that they had kind of built into these products before. But it's just cool that the sustainability of some of these things. Right. And a lot of these companies are like, and I'll just, we always, I think we've referred to Patagonia in the past, but like their thing is like, hey, we don't want you to buy new, reuse, right? Right. Our products are the ironclad warranty. We want you to send, our, you send your stuff and get it, get it sewn up, mm-hmm. you know, get it fixed. Let's not continue to just pile more and more things onto the environment. I don't just see that with that company, but I see with a lot of companies. I think it's a really exciting time to be in this industry for all those factors. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're really fixing that moral dilemma, right? You know, it's, it's hoping that like, you know, if, and it's this other customer service part when we talk about that old school customer service in some ways coming back, like we're going to take care of it. Like right. we want, you trusted us, we trust you in that return. I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, the whole down has been such a huge part of like jackets, sleeping bags, stuff like that. Just see other things like come into favor. Right. It's very, very cool. Yeah. So what do you think? Why, why do you think that like, I, and I like it. I'm an, I'm a, I'm an old school guy. Our brand is, our, yeah, our brand is, is really kind of trending in that direction as well as like we're a nostalgic you know, outfitter uh, throwback. Mm-hmm. But why do you think in your, in your opinion, why do you think that maybe some of these different styles and these different things that have been around since let's say the twenties, thirties and forties are now like starting to make a comeback? I think cycles. I mean, that's unfortunately, yeah. like I say that unfortunately because you know, anything that is in a cycle comes and then goes. Right. So I, I hope, you know, I hope some stuff stays right. right. But it, like anything like we patterns, bell bottoms, like bell bottoms are coming back to some degree. Oh boy. You know I what I mean? About that one. So all these things like we could say, yeah, that's really awesome. Um, but then it, you know, comes and goes and we're like, dang it. You know? So, um, I, I do hope that some of these stay in favor, but I think the main thing I think is cycles. The second thing, um, is just kind of that ethic too. There's some companies being like, you know, this, and also just finding a niche, right? I mean, right. the third thing would be, well, everyone's using synthetics. Everyone's using down. Okay, what can I do to set myself apart? Okay, well, I can do wool. This company's like, hey, I can do bamboo. Boom, you have a niche right there. Right. Right, you know. Right. So it's just another way to say, hey, I'm not this guy over here. Yeah. But I'm still creating something just as good as that guy right. or better. Yeah, when we talk about brands, I, I agree with you. I think one thing that I notice with people coming in the store, 
when we talk about some of these companies or brands that have been around for a long time, Filson, you know, 1897, yeah. right? The company's been around for a long time. Um, you know, prime example for there is like, I can remember my dad owning Filson stuff. This is probably, well, it's back in the eighties when right. I was younger and he had that stuff for many, many years. So to me, my observation of that brand and what they provide is stuff that's going to last. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to get you in the outdoors and you're going to be aware of that same hunting shirt. Or you're going to be able to wear that wool jacket or whatever for many, many years. And sometimes it never wears out. Mm-hmm. So you, all of a sudden you now have that association with something that's lasting, mm-hmm. something that provides quality. Right. So when they come in the store and they see that brand or they see another uh, brand that carries like products, they automatically associate that with, oh yeah, I can remember when so-and-so had that on and it got it lasted forever. Right. And now they, you know, now they're, they're willing to pay that price for quality that's going to last not just a year, several years down the road. Yeah. So I think that that was a big takeaway. Just kind of like people kind of going back to some roots, um, some stuff like that. I think the manufacturing thing you kind of talked about was huge for me when uh, Darn Tough said, you know, isn't the demand or it's, it's not the shipping that's killing us. Like, you know, like we're all made in Vermont, you know, and I'm like, right. She's like, we just can't keep up with having enough machines to produce enough product to meet the demand. That's why we are having like quote unquote supply chain issues. Right. And I'm like, she's like, it's a great problem to have. And I'm like, yeah, I I understand that. Like that, you know, what a great problem to have and good for them. You know what I mean? They made a statement. They're like, Hey, we're doing this all in the U S and you could reap what you were, you know, you sow. Right. Beautiful. All, All made in the U S and the really cool thing about it too, is it lifetime warranty. Right. You know, to hear that, you know, and people are like, is it really lifetime warranty? And it's like, yeah, absolutely it is. You know, like you need to send back the old pair of socks with the holes or the, whatever the case may be, but they literally will send you a brand new pair of socks for the rest of your life. Right. You know, I just, I'm seeing more and more of that too. You know, like we're starting to see, again, it's kind of like the, what, what was now old is new again, right? The guarantees, the hundred percent satisfaction thing, um, which is great for the consumer. Like there's not a, been a better time as of late that if you're looking to get into the outdoor scene or to get in some really quality gear or whatever, you're buying quality stuff that has great warranties from companies that are going to back back their products. Right. It's a great time to invest in, do, in doing that kind of stuff. Um, it's exciting for us to be a part of it without a doubt. And, you know, I think eventually, hopefully, and like you had, we had kind of talked about before the podcast, that American manufacturing, I think there's a spot for that someday to come back again. How long? Who knows how long right. it takes for that to come back. It's not as, as easy as saying, yeah, we're done pulling out of uh, Southeast Asia now. We're just going to bring our factories and all of our stuff back to the United States. It's not It's not as easy as that. There's right. way more to it than that. But hopefully, if anything, and we talked about how the pandemic has uh, affected different things and, you know, whatever. Um, maybe we've learned out of this whole thing when we're waiting several months to get things that usually took three weeks to a month to get. That's not work. Something's not working here. Right. Or there's enough people like a pioneer who's going to come back and be like, yep, I'm going to put my foot in the sand here and and say, you know what? This product is coming back. Right. Right. Um, You know, we see that with sometimes the automotive industry, right? right? You know, there's some cars that are made in the U S and there's some that are not, you know? Right. So, well, it used to always equate to like, well, if you can get it made overseas, you can get, you can get products cheaper. And, um, you know, the, the quality may be likewise of what you get in the United States, but more likely not, but it was always cheaper. Sure. And for the longest time there, it was all about, well, if I, you know, if I can get it cheaper, that's better. Well, it's not, that's, people are starting to see the value in that. I really, I mean, at least that's what I see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, if you're, if you're looking to get into the industry, as far as like getting back into the outdoors and getting quality equipment, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. Right. I think, what, what, I think and they kind of like talk about what my main thought of today was, was what it rep, what it means to represent a brand, what it means to build a brand, right? Because we're at this show where we're learning all these things, seeing all these new products, meeting, you know, people who are very passionate about what they do, but you know, like anything, like you have varying shades of people and varying shades of work. Right. And, and I guess one thing that what surprised me and it shouldn't, right. Um, but I've always been on the, like the outfit you know, the, the guide side, you know, I bake up this bag. I need it. Okay. I need to replace, you know, my cook stove went out. Okay. I need to get a new part for that. So I've always been on that side of the market, right. You know, and then working with you, I get to get more of the, you know, the retailer side of it and how to bring in those brands and stuff like that. And a lot of these dealers you're working with, what I didn't understand was these guys represent multiple things. And in the corporate world, 
when I work with people who are selling products, you know, it's, Hey, I'm selling my, my software. Or I'm selling my one or two things at my company, you know, the, the intellectual property of the place I work for, where this is like, Hey, I rep five, six, seven, eight brands. And, you know, I have to memorize all these things for all these brands. And then also, you know, I'm an advocate for this. It's a lot, right? It is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But in that, like that, that takes a certain type of person. I mean, like anything, right. You know, and so that it's just crazy that, you know, you have all these different people in this very shade of, I guess, middlemen for lack of a better term. Yeah. They're like the traveling salesman almost to an extent, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point to put it. Um, and for these people literally traveling, right. You know, I talked to one guy he's like, yeah, I'm heading up to back to Minneapolis after this. I'm like, Oh boy, that's a haul. Um, so good for, you know, good for him. But you just get all these different variety of people and, it, you know, your brand is so much predicated on the person that you hire. Big time. It big, is. Big time. You know, and, and not that anyone is bad or good or doesn't, you know, that doesn't even matter, but it's just like you, it's just so evident, right? You know, like right. when you talk to somebody, anytime you, anytime you buy anything, you are, that's a touchstone point mm-hmm. with that person. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that, you know, how much oversight do you have in your brand? You know, are you checking with these people? Are you giving them training? Are you, how are you interacting with these people to keep them up to date and making sure that they're on task? Right. Um, well, for sure. Because like from a, um, you know, from a buyer's perspective or from a consumer's perspective, they see the commercials on television, right? They see uh, people wearing different clothing pieces or using that certain tent at a campgrounds or, you know, somebody's into, uh, you know, canoeing or kayaking. So they see a Pelican or they see Old Town or, mm-hmm. you know, all these different brands, right? So that that to the consumer is like their first interaction with a brand. Right. And um, no different when people walk in here. You know, we rep multiple brands and we're going to add multiple brands to it, right? It may be the first time that you've really seen a piece of Patagonia clothing up up close and personal, right? Right. If you come to me and ask me, well, what is, tell me a little bit about this jacket. Why, why is everybody wearing these things, right? And I'm like, I don't know because they're great. They're Patagonia. Right. Well, that's great. But can you kind of give me some insights of like, why, why is, why is this really thin jacket that's compactable that I can put in my backpack, but when it starts to get really cold and the wind's blowing, I can pull it out and put it on and it's going to keep me warm and dry and keep the wind off me. Can you kind of give me some insight of that? Cause that's kind of what I'm looking to do. I'm going to go hiking, whatever yeah. the case may be. And for me to be able to give the knowledge and the understanding of what that piece of equipment will provide to the consumer that's a lasting impression that they've had. 100%. Right? And I think um, we have a responsibility as the first, I don't want to use the line of first line in defense because that sounds kind of goofy, but the first person in line that is going to represent that brand, right? that's going to that's gonna be a lasting impression. They're, they're going to walk away and be like, I don't know why everybody really thinks Patagonia is all that great. I, didn't, I don't really yeah. see the value in it. Or they're going to walk out and be like, wow, that's really good stuff. I completely understand why I see the majority of people wearing this, this, this brand, this particular equipment. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that we didn't necessarily get the greatest impression on a few brands. I don't think we need to name those brands, no. yeah. but we didn't, we didn't get the greatest impression when, and that was our first, first, yeah, our first foray into this like physical touch, physical touch and a new brand that we're bringing in. Right. And it was like, we know it's like, you know, and that's the, that's the sad thing is like, you know, that this is good. You know, that it's, it's earned a name. It's obviously been a reparable thing. It's all, and you can say this about anything. I can say this about Goodyear tires, right? Sure. If I go buy it, you know, I'm like, hey man, I'm going to have some of those Goodyear tires. And they're like, what do you, why are they good? And I'm like, that guy's like, you know what? I got thousands of other things I got to do right now. Or like, you know, he's like, just gives you a bad impression or just, you know, is looking at his watch continuously or like, you know, you're in the middle of a conversation, someone picks up their phone or stuff like that. That stuff matters. Right. Big time. You, even though you feel like you don't, in that case, so I'm buying a pink of tires, so it's kind of like I'm going in a fall line. But even if this person was the store manager of this tire factory or this toy or, you know, Mitaki or whatever, and you're like, hey, I'm, why am I going to bring these new tires in? And you just don't give this person the time of day. There's no different than you as the person in your own shop not giving the customer coming in the time of day. Right. Everywhere through the whole chain, there has to be that personable touch because when you have a store full of stuff, you, you want to be able to adequately come and say like, Hey, you know, these are all great things and these are why they're great things. And if you, I'm sure like in some ways, like if you got a bad from Goodyear tires, if you got a bad like impression, you're gonna be like, yeah, they're good tires, but like 
have you tried these other ones over here? Like those are, I know a ton about those. Right. Well, you just said to Goodyear, the good guy didn't give you the time of day, didn't give you that, that backing, that information. And now you maybe have less to talk about. And maybe that's, maybe, you know, they're great tires, but you're just less confident when talking to that customer. Right. Well, that confidence kind of like when they talk to you in your dog training, right? You know that your dog knows when you're nervous, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know horses do. I'll right. tell you that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, we pick up on that. People are like, uh, uh, you know, like that stuff matters. And then this other tire, tire brand B over here, you know, like, man, these things are great. Right. They, you know, boom, bada, boom, boom. They do this, you know, they, they have lifetime warranty. If you get a sidewall puncture and all this, all this crazy stuff. And you're right. like, oh, wow, this person really knows they're high on this, right? right? So I'm probably gonna go tire brand B, even though tire brand A could have been good years, could have been the choice. Could have been the choice. With, yeah. Could have been the goat. It's so funny that we bring this up today in conversation. I literally had this conversation with one of the, one of my employees today who was uh, just in here shopping today. And we talked about like, you know, like if you're going to have, if, if you're, I don't know if I use the tire, tire example just for this particular one, but um, you really have to live what you sell in my opinion. Sure. Right. You know, I, I tell my, you know, I tell my employees and we always talk about like, and I should, I, I call them team members more than employees, but you get the point. Yeah. So I always say to them, like, I already know when I hire you that you love fly fishing. You do it. You know it. You know what the components are of the sport. You know, the flies, you know, the different hatches. Everybody's super knowledgeable when it comes to the fly fishing part of it. What I tell them is I challenge you to extend your knowledge base on the outfitting side of things. Right. Right. Read the, read the catalogs, read the description on each, you know, not going to be able to memorize everything. I understand that. Yeah. But that's why people come to niche outfitting stores because they want to talk to an expert or somebody that has the base knowledge, at least to give them the information they need to make a very educated decision. And when you're talking about pieces of clothing or equipment that are a little bit on the higher end, but again, come with a great warranty that are, have great materials behind there. They want to come. That's why they're coming to a store like this. Mm -hmm. Nothing against the box stores, but I, I think we've all experienced it where you go to a box store, box store and you ask them a certain question. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. I'll go ask uh, somebody else. Yeah. And they may get a guy that or a guy or a gal that's going to come in there that has a little more knowledge that they do it. And that generally, if they do, it's because those people live what you're asking the question on. So if I'm going to right. a bigger box store and ask them about a deer blind, somebody that's going to come talk to me who hunts or uses a deer blind is probably going to be able to give me more information on it, opposed to somebody obviously that has nothing to do with the sport or whatever the case may be. Where I'm going with this is that we are a direct line and representation of these brands. We didn't experience that, even though these individuals that were like the traveling salesmen or the reps for this particular brand that we sat down with, I don't know about you, but like halfway through that appointment, learning about these brands, after like the fourth or fifth time when it's like, well, how much is that retail for? You know, I think it yeah. retails for this. Are you kidding me? Like you are the direct representation of that brand and they're paying you commission off of based off of you selling this brand to a dealer who then sells it to the consumer. You need to know this brand inside and out. Right. And if you don't, then maybe you don't need to be repping four or five other brands. That was the point you were getting at. Yes. Maybe you need to get really good at just repping one or two brands, but know those brands inside and out because it's infectious, right? If we would have gone there and sat down and I'm and to this day, I'm super ecstatic to bring this particular brand in because like sure. you said, yeah. super great, um, super great his, you know, history behind the brand. You know, they've proven themselves time and time again. It's a quality brand that we're going to bring in. But if I would have gone there and he's like, yep, the prices are this, we make it out of this. You know, we've been, you know, this one on an expedition, you know, to here and here you know, all these different things, I would have been like, wow, I really have a lot of belief in this. This is great. I can't wait to put this in my store. But when it's, in the, other, when it's the other side of that, the other side of the coin that we received, you walked out, I kind of walked out of there discouraged. Like, really? Yeah. You know, like, dang. Well, I think like uh, to kind of talk about it, like the first touch point, you're like, okay, you know, hey, we want to like learn about this thing, right? Because this is new to us. And you're just like, oh, do these two things. Like, uh, I don't even know what these two things are. Hey, you're going to buy, uh, you know, this type of chair or like, you know, you didn't even know there were chairs. It was like, here's two names. You're going to buy, um, you're going to buy Sunfire and Walnut. No clue what that even means. Right. You know what I mean? You don't even know if like, are they, are they chairs? Are they tents? Are they tables? Are they backpacks? Are they TVs? Like you have right. no idea. Right? right. And I guess that's the, that's the hard part too, is just, you know, I, I guess I do a job where I teach people all day. Right. Sure. Um, 
So the first thing I think about is, okay, where does this person come in to the, you know, it's the first thing I ask, Hey, like, okay, what do you do? What do you know? What do you, you build that relationship, right? And I think that's kind of the heart of what we're talking about in this episode is how do you create, because anybody in this supply chain needs to be passionate and knowledgeable. Right. Well, that takes a certain set of skills. Mm-hmm. The first set of skill I think is the ability to like communicate, like to, to understand where this person is coming from. Sure. Sure, you you run a smaller outdoor store, and there might be. I mean, I would assume that since we're at this dealer expo, you know, this retail expo, a lot of people fall into the same boat as you do. I would hope that this person is like uh, most of those people are like, hey, just just sign me up for like ten of the, you know. I hope that's not the thing. Oh, just sign me up for ten of those, ten of those, ten of those. I want to know what those ten things are. Absolutely, talk me through that. You know, I think first thing I said understanding where the person's at. And then the second thing we kind of ran into was just understanding how to effectively go from point A to point B to C and the D mm-hmm. we ran into, we like, we sat down, you know, okay, we, we, we okay. We got past the first hurdle. We're, we're good to go we're sitting down. And the next thing we're talking about is like, Hey, just look at this $800 tent, you know, and you're like, uh, okay. You know, and you're like, it's just like, you sometimes get blindsided, you know? So just being able to effectively communicate, right. You know, and just understanding that like, this is the way I would go through in my head. Right. You know, someone can say, Hey, I'm not really interested in X, Y, or Z thing. And you're like, awesome. Right. Perfect. Well, I can show you these things over here. You've right. obviously come here for a reason, right? I don't, your time is valuable. My time is valuable. Even if you're a rep, your, your time is still valuable. Well, big right? time. And then, and then on top of it, then like, so just to kind of, um, give a little more uh, detail to the listeners out there. So basically what it is, is that there's reps that are, it's like basically tables upon tables upon tables. Each yeah. rep has their own little area. Right. And in that area, they have product. They don't have the whole product line, but they have right. some of their best sellers and some of those different things that you can touch and feel and look at. And then there's a few of them that we went to too, where it's like the products that they're showing us is like got dust on it. Kind of looks like it's been in circulation for like two years, even though it's been like a yeah. it's only six months old. And it's like, again, First time we see these products, first time I get to touch these products, and it's just the presentation to me. And maybe maybe you and I are just in really particular of like how we conduct things. Right. I, I, you I, know, I would probably agree. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But it's like first impression was like, oh man, come on. It does not get me excited to want to rep your brand. And I guarantee you that those company HQs, those company headquarters, if they knew that they were their exactly. products were being represented represented in that manner they would probably be pretty disappointed if I had to guess. I agree. You know, and we've talked about this on other podcasts, like certain reps that I have are awesome. You send them an email, you get a response back in a couple hours, right? Whether it's even just a, Hey, I'll give you a call when I get a chance or, or, or it's the answer to whatever it may be, or they personally, you know, give you a phone call. It's almost like, even though you're not the only person that they service, you almost feel like because they're so good at taking care of you that you are like they're part of your team. Right. For that particular brand. Yeah. And I have probably a good handful of those reps that are awesome. And what I would tell you is that those brands are doing amazingly well in our store. Right. It's amazing because of the service that they provide, how they portray that brand and how excited I get my, you know, the team members get here at the shop to want to sell those brands and really get the customers to go, you know, kind of go over to those brands because of what they provide as a service. Right. The ones that are not very communicative or communi- very good at communicating or I don't hear back from right away or I don't get the answers. It's hard for me to get excited, even though I know that brand is quality. Right. Because they've been around for a long time. They have a great heritage to them. But it's hard for me to be able to get excited to have a consumer come in here and be like, you need this. This is the this is a product that you need. It matches exactly with the description of what you're wanting to go do on the outdoors. You know, it's just it's just difficult. So it's amazing what. Right. Those right. representatives can do. And I think, and that's, and that's maybe like even a pre-qualifier for like, before we've been going through these, like, you know, thing, one thing, you know, asking where the customer's at. Second thing is that communication is just like, is this something you're like, is this something that you are passionate about? And again, like I'm not passionate about selling school or like working with school software, but you know what I am passionate about? I'm passionate about working with people and like helping people learn more about what they, what they didn't know yep. or how we, I can help them become more efficient. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, I can find a niche part of my job to be excited about this. You know, one brand might not be excited about selling sleeping bags, but there's tents or something like that. And then the crazy thing is though, the more you talk to these people is there, they are very passionate about these things, right? This person is, Oh, I, and maybe that's just a puff of smoke here or there. 
But, you know, it, obviously... I would like, say false motivation is better than normal motivation. 100%. Yeah. Fake it till you make it, baby. Um, so, I just... It's just so fascinating. Because we had these moments where we had just fantastic, like, boom, 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 boom. Like, going through this whole thing. Okay. Knowing who we are. Asking those questions. And we had, a, like, a relationship like that. But, okay. Then moving into the next thing. Okay. This is what we're going to go take you through today. Boom, boom, boom. Prime. Pe- Prime example, Sims. Yes. We can, yep. We'll just say it, right? Yeah, Sims. Sims fishing products is a big part of our a big part of our shop. We do really well in sales. We carry probably the biggest selection. It, you know, within a hundred miles. Of this, I was thinking hundred miles. miles yeah. Honestly, yeah. Yep. I guarantee you, Shields doesn't. I'll even say their names. I don't care. Shields out in Appleton, huge store. They don't carry hardly anything of um, right. Sims. I know this because I was just out there researching. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple other places that sell Sims products. Maybe they just don't have the the size to carry as much as we do. But my point is, is that the reason why we carry as much as we do, and, is, and I think that brand is so successful for us, the reps that I have right. that we sat down with were just methodical, passionate about the brand, had their stuff in order, had the, had the different things that are going on for fall 2022. They had the products sitting there for us to feel, touch. I put on a couple of different jackets, some of their, you know, it was just a super professional um, meeting that we had and it got me super excited. Yeah, totally. To bring that into the store. And then I'm super excited. I can't wait to show our customers when we start getting these products in the store in September. Right. What, one other thing they did. So, you know, they talked to us, addressed us, they communicated what they were doing. The next thing they asked us or like, you know, was they asked us another more probing questions. I just, at what point in time do you not know, like, Understanding why this person is here and what they need is super important. So then the third thing they is ask more questions. Oh, like we're right. talking about, you know, logo wear or whatever, whatever it might be. Okay. And then you refocus step four, right? You want these people to be able to refocus. I don't want somebody to come in and just sit there and go, I know. Okay. I just asked you this question. Okay. What do you, what are you interested in doing today? Um, well, I'd like to go, uh, camping. Oh, Awesome. Let me take you over to the fly fishing section. That's not what, I, <laughs> right? Uh, you know what I mean? Like you're right. just like, oh, like, and then what do you do? Like a lot of times when that happens, you sit there and go, oh yeah, awesome, oh, sure. You know, like maybe this person has some reason to it because you're the authority. Like yeah. you representing a brand, you're an authority. Right. So then you go over there and then you spend ten minutes and you're like, uh, can we go back to the you know camping? I mean, that could be an example of right. something that could 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 uh, occur. Right. So then this ability to then focus down and be like, Oh, camping, let's come over here and let's talk about these things. And I, and I swear (laughs) this should be, this should be pretty self-explanatory, but then like time and time again, we run into stuff like this, whether it be, you know, we have people who, you know, we run into these brands or stuff like that, or just when you go to like a Cabela's or something like that, like hope, you know, the person you run into in the Cabela's, you might be in the, like the archery section because you're looking at deer hunting for the f- fall, right? And you're like, oh, let me get you somebody who can knows more about that. And it's like, what are you doing in the section with deer hunting? You know what right. I mean? You know, like, right. so uh, kind of like my whole idea behind this is like how we can, you know, this idea of what we can instill. But then when you're reflective on these things, you realize, hey, what can we do in fall right. line to, to instill like these things that we think are important right. into people? And maybe that be continuing education or it's making sure that when we, when people act, like we have, we instill that passion in these people, right. right. That who work for fallen. Right. Well, and I would say too, I would, the consumers out there, the customers, the family that we, we have, we call customers, our family, they're super smart consumers, right? They do their research. A lot of them are going to do that before they're going to make a major purchase purchase. They're going to mm-hmm. do their research on that brand, that material, that, that equipment. Um, I had a customer come in the other day. She ordered a, uh, she, she didn't know much about the brand Patagonia and I talked to her about it and I gave her the rundown on the different, uh, Prima loft, um, um, insulation and just different properties and all the, you know, the grams and all that kind of stuff and kind of educated her a little bit. And she really wanted a warm jacket. It was last week. Um, when it was super cold, I mean, it's totally cold today too, but yeah. Um, and so I kind of, you know, I talked to her about it and I educated her on it and she made a purchase and she came back and she says, you know, this is a really nice jacket, but it's not quite, the warmth that I'm looking for. I want something that's just a little bit warmer. So she had taken the time and done the research on that particular brand because she liked what they were about. She liked their warranty, how they stand behind their products. And we worked together through Patagonia website and found her the right jacket. And we ended up ordering it for, but she, she did her research 
And it was really impressive, but it was really cool to work with her on this. And I think when she, when that jacket comes in and she's going to be nice and toasty now, she's getting exactly what she wanted. She's getting a quality product. She's getting something with a warranty and a company that's going to stand behind the brand. And I guarantee you, I hope, you know, that next time she needs something, she's going to come and see us because we're going to take the time to, 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 to spend time with them. But you're absolutely right. You know, like I would say as, as a consumer, you know, when you go to buy these products, challenge the people that work at these different places and, and get them, get them to give you the answers that you need before and make an informed decision before you buy something right. No different than the tires, no different than going to a dealership to buy a car, you know, that now you're talking a big ticket items. Hopefully you're doing your research and saying, yeah, I think I need a night. I think I need a new car. And you just go to the dealership and let them, t- you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it's exciting times to, to be into, into, into the outdoor retail industry. And then just to, like I said, we kind of talked about the beginning to see what they're coming out with new. But the other thing that I would say too, to kind of go back a little bit, uh, with the rep part of it is I think that's another, that's another, it's another direct impact or another direct representation of that brand, right? Mm-hmm. Who are they hiring to be the representative representatives of their brand? You know, like we had talked about reading books. I think the last episode we talked about how we read books about business and the whole nine yards. And right. a lot of these brands, unfortunately, when they get to be a certain size, they get away from some of their core values or core building blocks that, be, you know, got them to where they were. Right. And that hands-on, I understand, like, if you become a multi-million dollar company, it's not as easy to be as hands-on that you once were when you were maybe a couple hundred thousand dollar company, right? When you first started off. Yeah. But a lot of these companies, what happens is they get away from their core values and their core pillars because they do grow so large that they can't give that hands-on personal touch that they once had, that they build that legendary or that lure behind that company. Mm -hmm. And then now here we are sitting in Madison, Wisconsin. This company is somewhere on the West Coast. They have a representation of their company sitting in front of the dealers in the Midwest trying to explain and get that, get us in particular excited about Mm -hmm. their brand. Yeah. And they're not doing a very good job of it. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, the one of the biggest lessons that some of these bigger brands learn is that you need to go back to the roots of what got you to where you are sometimes. Yeah. To kind of bring it back into perspective. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, we talk about it like a body is not always a body. Right. right. You know, and not to say like people don't have off days and stuff like that. It's like we're not saying that. But I think what what I kind of come back to is like you could say, well, it's fine and dandy for you to you know you to say that, and but then you don't understand the struggle, and yes, that's all fair. But I think when you are creating a brand, these principles of what you want your employees to look like, what you want your store to look like, what you want your ethics and what you want your mission statement to drive, it has to be sewn in every single part of it. Because once you start to expand into a bigger stuff like that, and you're like, well, we can drop one of these four or whatever these principles out, and it had an impacts, right? And so yeah. by talking about it and just, and I think, you know, my significant other is probably sick of me talking about this with, you know, the companies that I, you know, work with and stuff like this, or how do we reframe this so we don't lose sight of it? It's because if you lose sight of it, it's so easy to just let it go, right? It's right. so easy to be like, well, you know, we, this got hired a new employee, but it's, it's Christmas time. So we don't have as much time to spend time with like, Hey, these are the brands. This is the important stuff and stuff like that. But you know what I mean? That, that comes to roost or if you didn't spend that time with that person, what if that person you thought, you know, everybody can be good on paper. Everyone can be good for a bit, but after a while, you know, you kind of, you show some true colors and you know, and that can just, that's just, that's just the world that we live in. Right. right? So you didn't spend enough time with that person. You didn't understand like, ah, maybe this person isn't the right good fit, you know? So you spend three, six months being like, you know, that, that, mm, that's fine. And then you, you, you know, you have that kind of culture, you know, that, or that person who can be counterculture to what you're building, you know, in your establishment. So just never losing sight of these things and like being on your tongue, talking about them 24 seven, I just think it is just so important because it, it, it's who you are. Right. Right. I mean, like we talked about, like you can't sell outdoor equipment and not live the lifestyle and expect to be super smart and passionate about what you're selling. And that's sometimes what's, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes people just get away from their core, like we talked about their core values, their core, their core blocks that built that company. And I totally agree with you. Like if you're looking at building a brand and there's a lot of people that are doing it, a lot of yeah. people are getting into the scene of entrepreneurship and starting, you know, there maybe they had ideas for many years and now's a great time to enact on that. 
So we're seeing this big influx of people that are trying to start their own businesses and get on top of things. You know, be true to who you are, what your passion is. Realize that you are going to have to change as the company grows, hopefully. Um, but never get away from your core values. Um, and especially, like you said, you know, if you're going to have, as you continue to grow and you have people that work for you or they work for the brand or they're part of that brand, they need to have the same passion and values that you have. Yep. And they need to be educated on the products that you sell so that when you're not around as the originator of that brand, they're, they're, the, they're basically able to just pick up where you left off if you're not around. Yeah. It's passionate as well, too. And, you know, like I said, that seems to be a big challenge for a lot of these bigger companies. It's funny because we talk about, like, some, what was old is now new again. I think a lot of these companies now are starting to realize that. Like, their foundations of where they once were need to come back. Right. And you're starting to see some of those things. The original logos are starting to come back. Some of the original sayings, uh, 100% money-back guarantees are starting to make kind of like, like, I think some of these companies always had it. Right. But they never like vocally said it. Sure. I think they're always a little bit afraid, like, okay, what does that really mean? Right. <laughs> you know, there's a prime example in a book that I read about one of these outdoor companies where back in the 60s, uh, this company was located out of Maine, probably narrows it down to a few companies, but they um, had one store. They were a big company, but they had one retail store, but they, they, they were surrounded by national parks. And a family came in one time and they ended up buying a really expensive tent. And then they went to the national park and camped all week. And then they came back on a Saturday after they were done camping and said, yeah, I want to return this tent. It's got a leak in it. And they, in the, in the, in the in salespeople on the floor knew there was probably nothing wrong with this tent. The guy only had it for a week. Right. So literally what he did is he used the tent for right. a week and, and then it. he returned it. And, 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 and ironically, the CEO of the company was on the sales floor and interacted with this particular customer and said, all right, not a problem, 100% uh, guaranteed satisfaction and refunded the customer the full amount. And everybody's like, I can't believe he did that. And basically the justification was, is like, if we're going to say that we're a hundred percent money back guaranteed, you know, if you're not happy with these products, then by us arguing with the customer saying, we know what you're doing, we're not taking this back. That just pretty much gets rid of that whole thing that we just put out there. Right. You know, and hopefully that customer, if they need outdoor equipment and not necessarily to rent, quote unquote, yeah, they'll come back to us. Right. Hopefully they'll come back to us. And there's going to be, you know, people are always going to do that kind of yeah, stuff. I totally. get that. Right. But the whole premises behind that is like put your money where your mouth is. If you're gonna if you're gonna say that you want 100 percent satisfaction, then then you need to do that and live it. Yeah, and live it right. And we're starting to see some more of that, which is which is great. Again, I've said it several times during this podcast. It's a great time to be yeah. a consumer right now because you're getting the best materials, the best quality. You know, you're paying a little bit more for it, especially if it's USA made. But you're getting stuff that's going to last you for a long, long time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think those are the definitely some of the highlights. We see a lot of people kind of going away from, from catalogs, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of, so, you know, we see a lot of people doing that, you know, kind of moving away from, you know, Hey, you know, this is kind of what I have for you, you know, and some brands are like, Hey, you know, we're doing that intentionally like our catalogs, like, you know, thousands of pages long. Well, it's a money saver too. Cause for like, sure. Again, we talk about what was old is now new again, and and that was the that was the rage for many many years. That's how a lot of these manufacturing companies would get it in the hands of the consumer. Would be that they didn't uh, that they didn't they, that was the only way that was the only way they could do it. Right uh, was to do these mailing systems, these catalogs, the whole nine yards. And now with social media and inter, you know email and all these different things, obviously it's a cost saver. But right, but at the same time, like. How cool it, it! How cool would it be? Maybe not to the extent, but to me, as a throwback company, how cool would it be to kind of do the old throwback mailer once in a while? Right. Well, I think it, we we saw with Osprey, right? You know, they have so many products. She's like, we can't print this, and I'm like, it makes sense. I'm totally right. good with that. She's like, what we have is we've printed off a few, like a like kind of a catalog in summation, which makes a ton of sense to me. It's yep. like it, it's kind of like because. That I wrestle with this all the time. It's like, I, I believe that like, don't create a lot of waste, but I also believe I want to create a business. So like those two right. don't align. So how do I, how do I functionally work within those two ideologies? Right. Well, it's to not create waste when it's unnecessary to still do business. Yeah. Right. You know, it's a great point. So the ability for her to be like, Hey, we have this catalog. It's got most of our stuff and we can kind of go through it. And we can say, yep, this is, this is what it is. These are the things that you're going to kind of like, you know, kind of our catalog in preview. Right. Sweet. Right. I'm, I'm loving that because honestly, we're at the point where we don't need like the 
the nitty gritty, like to reach down there and be like this one thing, this one thing, and this one thing. We're like, we're kind of like, you know, the kid when you walk up to the the counter with all the tickets and you're like, I want the bear and I want, you know what I mean? You're like, you're only seeing the stuff that you can see, not like the stuff you're like trying to dig and, you know, I'm trying to go for the stuff that like is going to reach the most amount of people. Do you, do you, um, do you like having stuff in front of you? Or do you? Uh, yeah, I do. Well, I'm so. So do I. Yeah. So do I. I. I like having that the manual in front of me. I like having the stuff to look at. I, it's just sometimes it's hard for me to follow email email catalogs and stuff. Sure. You know, I think there's a lot of people like kind of you're seeing that those catalogs still kind of be going away, but you kind of want those there. I can see where you're kind of getting away from things like the instruction manual. Okay put that on, you know what I mean? It's that like, where do we draw the line? Where can we, so I'm seeing that be really successful. Like if someone said, Hey, here's a QR code to our our manual and you could print it out if you want to. Awesome. Right there. That seems like a good win-win, right? If people want to print it out, you got it. It's also digital. So you can go save that in Google drive and have it forever. I live with a guy. It's a funny story here. So one of my best friends, Jason Princeton. Um, so he works at Skyward too, but, um, he married, um, his wife, Ashley. And so we, we lived with him, we moved out, you know? And so they had like, I guess it, this, maybe I'm butchering the story, but either way it's hilarious. So he had this whole drawer of instruction manuals and they're all like Ashley's. Right. And so one day I think she was telling me the story and she comes home and she's like, there's no instruction manuals anymore. And she's like, Jason, what did you do with them? He's big tech guy, big, he's a programmer. Right. And he's like, well, I digitized the scanned them all in, threw them out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they're all on the drive. You know what I mean? So it's just so funny. You know what I mean? Cause there's just all different types of people. Right. Right. And that's always what I have to remind myself. That's what the Christmas guy taught me was not everyone is me. <laughs> well, back in the day though, I can remember getting those manuals. I can remember getting catalogs, right. you know, the LL Bean catalogs, you know, um, multiple different companies. You would get these catalogs sent to your house, like in November, early right. November, October timeframe. And I can remember circling things. This is what I want and all these different things. It was just really kind of cool. Obviously, like we just talked about things evolve. You right, know, uh, wasting. You know, we're not going to waste stuff for yep. the. You know, whatever the case may be. But those were nostalgic, cool things that I can remember from my childhood that are just kind of like gone because of the new technology that we have. Right, and, and again, I understand. I get it. You know, with the whole waste of paper and the whole nine yards. But gosh, that was that was cool. It's a different era. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Era. I I laughed. I sold a. We moved into a new house, and uh, I had an old Maytag dryer and washer and dryer, like old as like. Like probably really old man, you know, it was like the, with the, the brown and like the, like the off white, you know, it was, and I was selling them cause I, we got like a brand new washer and dryer that I bought on Facebook and, you know, just like 150 bucks for like the washer and dryer. Some, you know, I was like, yeah, they're, they're still great. And they're probably gonna last forever. Cause they're like American made, you know, when they were used to be like, yeah, we were watching a show where it's like the Maytag man, your Maytag repair people will be out there. And I said, isn't that funny? Like that's not a name brand anymore. Right. I mean, sure you see Maytag, but yeah. this idea that you're like, oh, the Maytag man will be out there to repair. Like that's just not commonplace anymore. Um, so I just, I, the, I'm still into this lady and she, it was to, through her like landlord or something like that. And landlord's like, I think he just wanted to get out of it. Right. You know, he's like, uh, she doesn't want it anymore. Cause there's, cause she's like, they were like, do you have a manual? And I was like, no, I don't have a manual. They're just really, they're from the set, you know, like really, really, really old. And he, she's like, oh, well, she doesn't want him because there's no manual. And I was like, uh, okay. You know what I mean? It's just funny. We ended right. up selling them for more, like whatever. Right. Um, but it, it was funny because like I was cleaning out the, the, the basement that one, like a couple weeks later and I found the manuals. <laughs> Ironically. Yeah, right? exactly. That's funny. So just, you know, the, I guess some people really like the manuals. Maybe, maybe that's a, another takeaway. <laughs> I can remember in the eighties, not to go on this tangent with, <laughs> with washing machines, but my grandparents, they must've had one of those old washers from, I don't know what the year was. It was the one that had the ringer still yes. on top. Yep. You would, it would, you would soak the clothes and wash it in soap and you would, it would manually, it would go through those rollers yep. and it would, ring out the clothing and she's like, you gotta be real careful with these things. I was like, why grandma? And she's like, cause people lose their fingers. I'm like, and I could see how Yeah. put your clothing in there and to ring it out. Think. If you get your digits stuck in there, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they didn't have a manual for that one either. No, the manual is literally, if you find your finger, please put it on ice and go to the nearest hospital. Exactly. So yeah, I, I not to make light of all these things, but it's just like, you know, we're in a different world, right? You know, we're in a different world where we're using different fabrics. Um, we're, we're in a world where manuals don't exist on things. But what I can tell you is 
the ability to have a brand is still predicated on who you are as a company, your principles, and then the people that represent you. And no matter where you are in the process, you still can be the first touch point for that one person. Awesomely said. I don't even know if I could even say anything to add to that because you're 100% right on. And yeah, very well said, sir. Thank you. Very well said. Well, you know, the cool thing is the last two podcasts, we've been kind of just going back and forth, the two of us. We've got some really cool guests that we do have coming up here pretty soon. So it's not going to be just the two of us you got to hear. But hopefully, hopefully, like you said, I think you said this last podcast, it, it holds true. You know, hopefully people are able to get some certain things out of what we're saying, you know, and again, we know it's been very business driven. Obviously, it's a passion of ours. Um, But some of the cool things, too, that we've seen out there, and I think it was a great experience for you and I to go down to Madison last week and to meet with all these different brands and to see what was out there, the new things that are coming out for 2022 and and 23. Um, Again, a great time to be into the outdoor retail industry. And if you are a big outdoorsy person, it's a great time to really be getting back out to the outdoors. Yeah. And just on a side note, I want to thank, uh, I had somebody who was listening to the podcast come up to me uh, at an event. I was working um, and I was like, you know, just raving about the podcast. And I was like, wow, you know, so just for everyone who's listening, you know, we love the support, love hearing it. So thank you. Um, You know, we're on Apple Podcasts and Anchor and Spotify, you know, and and Apple Podcasts, if you want to leave a review, those are always great and just kind of help spread the word. And if you anyone know anyone else who's just passionate about business, the outdoors, any of that stuff, people just, you know, two, three people having a conversation about what they see and what they think is important in the world. You know, we'd love to have you join the community and join the journey. Yeah. And we're going to get into some more technical podcasts here coming up real soon too, where we're going to kind of get into the nitty gritty about certain gear and pieces that you're going to need to get outdoors. Yep. Um, but we just wanted to jam on some business stuff. It's that time of year we're ordering stuff for fall 2022. So it's the perfect time for us to talk about things that are going on here at the shop stuff that's going on. Obviously you're out and about doing your stuff for your business as well. So love it. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Photography has been busy, so it'll be, it'll be good until wedding season. So I hear that. We'll keep it rolling. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks brother. Thank you. Catch you on the next one. Catch me howling at the moon